just play a pop song Singing to that highway song Got a little night smile That kind of drives you out Nothing like playing with fire Brings boy to life Be with the fuse you like Be good dynamite Be good dynamite Following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. Fourteen twenty in the morning, fourteen minutes and twenty seconds, where the sports talk to get you through your daily commute. Hot takes, recaps, best bets, and a little humor to get your day going in the right direction. Sit back, grab your coffee, and let's get into it. All right, 1420 in the morning for this May the 15th, 2023. Today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek.com, the SeatGeek app. Use promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com today and save yourself 20 bucks on your first purchase. Remember, we are part of the Belly Up Media Network and Belly Up Group of Shows. Make sure you go to BellyUp.com and uh, check out all the great articles and other podcasts and videos that we have there at bellyup.com for your uh, viewing and sports needs uh, uh, as we go. Anyways, the NHL playoffs continue rolling on through. The last two Canadian teams, once again, are all done for this season. It's one of those things, the annual rite of passage. And now we know that it's spring and summertime, that all the Canadian teams are all done. Like I said the other day, I'm not a big, uh, like I'm a big who, who gives a, a rat's bum about who uh, what, what teams are in there. Most players are Canadian anyways, as we see the Vegas Golden Knights. Who moved on last night against the Edmonton Oilers? We'll get that in half a second. But that's just, that's it. For people in Canada, they're saying they're not going to watch anymore. They're full of crap because they'll watch regardless because it's hockey and everything else. Stanley Cup finals and playoffs and everything else are coming up. Anyways, the uh, Edmonton Oilers lost last night to the Vegas Golden Knights. 5-2 at home uh, to a man that uh, that hockey team should have been good enough to contend for a Stanley Cup championship, no matter what, they got beat by a, uh, a, a equally as good hockey team, if not better, obviously, because a better team usually ends up winning in a seven-game series. But the the thing that's kind of a kick in the pills right now for Oilers fans and for Oilers brass is that they wasted another year of Connor McDavid's uh, contract, his initial contract that he got with the Oilers. His, Second, his, his first big contract, not his breakout contract, obviously. And a year of Leon Dreisaitl is, is a year closer to being a free agent as well. And it's uh, it's got to be a bit uh, disheartening and deflating to go do- down a series like this. They probably had a chance to win on a few occasions, but at the end of the day, their goaltending was not good enough. And that's got to be some concern for the Oilers brass moving forward. It can't be a good feeling for management, uh, for ownership, and for the players in general and the coaching staff to go into the, with that goaltending situation with Stuart Skinner. And with Jack Campbell, who I was completely 100% wrong about last season when the, the Leafs let him go, I thought Campbell was a uh, a guy that should have backed back off the Toronto Maple Leafs to a, a couple of playoff rounds. But he was let go. Uh, not let go. He just signed a free agent contract with the Oilers. And he was uh, subpar at best for most of the year with an 888 save percentage throughout the regular season. Got pulled and was basically uh, told to have a seat in the bench for Stuart Skinner, who was... Um, 
lackluster at best in this series with the with the Vegas Golden Knights. Skinner got pulled, I think, three times in this series out of six games. He got pulled five times in the playoffs. And to a man, he was not good enough as a goaltender in the National Hockey League playoffs for the Edmonton Oilers. And he uh, would let in some bad goals. He got pulled in game five as well. And so that's not a good sign. Uh, you got a question about how little... Um, how, how the, there must be a huge lack of confidence in Jack Campbell, in the Oilers brass, when they, they decided to go to, with a guy that they had no confidence in to finish off a game, uh, a couple of occasions, uh, especially in game six or game five and game six, where the or, Oilers coaching staff decided to stay, uh, to, to, to go to, to, uh, to Campbell and said, you know what, boy, let's go back to him for, to start game six. I, I don't understand that logic there. I don't understand why you would continue to pull a guy and expect that just overnight he would get better. The thing about goaltending it's a it's a very slippery slope you don't lose your skill you lose that uh, that space between your ears goes away a little bit and you get a little bit uh, second guessing yourself so uh, you, people do forget that Skinner is a, a rookie Nash Hockley he's up for the Calder Trophy but the thing he got with Skinner is he's an older rookie so maybe they thought that that maybe he could bounce back and have a game here a game there and s- try to save the Oilers season uh, but it didn't turn out that way and he uh, let a goal in 24 seconds in the game I think last night and then uh, Oilers bounced back and took the 2-1 lead but that that was basically it for the Oilers. He gave up, I think it was four or five goals, or four goals on 17 shots, and that's just not good enough at the National Hockey level, especially in the playoffs. When your defense only gives up 17, 17 shots through two periods, you can't think that you're going to win a hockey, or you should win a hockey game, but when your goalie lets in four of those, uh, it's not a good look. It's, it's a bad look for the Oilers right now, and you got you got to wonder what's happening with the Oilers brass right now. You, you're, you don't want to make decisions based on emotions because the emotions are very fresh right now with that loss less than, than – than 12 hours ago, but they can't be a very good feeling in Oilers land where they go moving forward with these two goaltenders who are both under contract for the duration of, of McDavid's contract, which expires in three years. Got three more years left on his deal. Dry sided only two. So they're kind of wasting time. They got you would think they only really have one more season with uh, those two superstars playing forward for that team before they have to make a decision where they're going to go moving forward with the dry side of contract because he's going to get a pretty penny uh, after next, uh, after two seasons from now. He's going to command a pretty good chunk of change around the $15 million mark. And then McDavid, the year after that, he's probably going to want, if if, if, uh, if dry settles were at 15, then you got to be thinking that McDavid's going to be worth 17 and, and how it goes. But that Oilers team was poised to win this year. Uh, I had them going to the Stanley Cup Finals along with the Toronto Maple Leafs, who, uh, who I picked on last call with Captain Lou a few weeks back on the initial last call, 1420 bar or sports bar. And it just didn't turn out that way for the Oilers. They got to be disappointed. The fan base has to be disappointed. The ownership has be disappointed and everything else. It's not a good look for the Oilers right now moving forward with their goaltending situation. Uh, but it seems that, that that's got a lot of teams curiosity up of where, where they go for with goaltending. Goaltending isn't uh, great throughout the National Hockey League right now. If you could tell me who the, the starting goaltender is for uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights moving forward. Yeah, it's some Klim guy, I think his name is. I got it written down here somewhere, but it don't much matter. It's not like he's the uh, the next coming of Christ. What's his name? Aiden Hill. Sorry, Mr. Hill, Mr. And Mrs. Hill for forgetting your son's name, but uh, that, that's how forgettable goaltending is right now in the National Hockey League. You're not getting getting uh, good performances from anybody really in general. You 
you're you're getting a lot of subpar subpar performances. You look at uh, Ottinger going for Dallas Stars in Game Seven tonight. He's supposed to be one of the best goal, top five goalies in the league right now, and he might be the only reason why that series is going seven because he hasn't been good. I mean, that Seattle team is flying. They're like that. I watched that game on Saturday, and that team is to a man. They are going and they're going hard and they're playing strong. And you you, you, you got to look at them as maybe being the favorite. All Lucy Goosey playing with Hellas Money tonight, only their second year in the league, going into a Game Seven in Dallas. Now you got to think, yeah, home ice advantage, but that hasn't been a thing in the playoffs. You got to think that maybe the the uh, Seattle Kraken with their I, I don't, I'm not a big Kraken the name fan. You got to think the Kraken are kind of a favorite going into that one, playing with with Hellas Money, like I said. But you, you just wonder. We're, we're looking back to the orders a little bit. You wonder what where they're going to be moving forward, what they're going to do moving forward, because they just right now they they got to be in limbo land, and you got to be thinking that McDavid's thinking, geez, maybe maybe she's trying to go to greener pastures because I can put all the MVP trophies and Hart trophies and and uh, the, the scoring titles off up on the mantle like we've talked talked before. But at the end of the day, winning a Stanley Cup is your legacy, and that's uh, another year you're gone. Like you're getting into your you get to being 29, 30 years old all of a sudden. Before you know it, uh, your career is kind of at a at a hiatus, and and because players' careers don't last as long as they used to in the National Hockey League, players they play so much at a younger age, their bodies wear down a little bit. Yes, nutrition is better. Yes, their fitness is better, obviously. But eventually, they play so much hockey and and everything else. You, you wonder how many years these guys got left and then playing at the pace that they do and, and everything else. But it, it's got to be a, a look in the mirror kind of day for the Edmonton Oilers organization and what they're going to do moving forward with their goaltending. To spend five million uh, on on Campbell last summer, like I said, I thought it was good. I I made a wrong a wrong decision on that. And then you got now you got Skinner at three years uh, after this year at two point six years. So that's seven million dollars in goaltenders that you don't have any confidence in either of them right now moving forward it's a bad situation that you got to have for your team trying to build a hockey team for next year because they've already been thinking about next year land before they got into the end of this year's playoffs that's the way it all works you can't you can't be reactionary when the playoffs and the playoffs are over you got to be planning the, the team ahead of time but you just it's, it's not a good look for, for the Oilers and you you got to wonder if the McDavid camp is going to be going into GM Ken Holland's office and saying hey what, what's the plan here moving forward because we want to win we only have so many years to win is there something we, that needs to be done can we do something here different because this, we're kind of wasting uh, his career a little bit. You got Allah Mike Trout down in, in Anaheim with the Angels. You, you just wonder if, if there's going to be a conversation. Are they going to shop a, a guy like Dreisaitl around to go and go and get somebody? I don't think you can shop around to go, go and get a goaltender. I don't think there's anybody out there that's uh, worth anything that you could do, but shopping dry sidle around right now before he's uh, he outpriced himself, that might be one of the things to do. It probably won't happen this offseason, but next offseason, when the Oilers probably don't win again, it could be one of those things where dry sidle is the uh, the odd man out coming into the, the 2000, like it's be 24, 25 season that they just might say, Hey, maybe we got to move on and see, see what kind of assets we can get for you because um, we haven't won with you. So we can, we won't win without you kind of a situation. It's tough, a tough look. And as good as dry saddle was for the first, uh, what, what was it? Seven, 10 games of the national hockey League playoffs. The last three, he was not very good. It, it was uh, not a good look for him at all. Minus four, minus five in the last, last three games. Didn't get a goal. Hit, hit some goal posts in game five. I I think it was or game four and it had a chance to, to put that game uh, over the edge for the Oilers early that night but just didn't couldn't capitalize wasn't getting the puck the puck luck that he got earlier on in these playoffs where he was scoring at a record pace and people thought he was going to get 19 by the end of the second round but as lo and behold the Edmonton Oilers they're on the outside looking in uh, and it's, it's a season of uh, what ifs and once again in Oiler Nation you wonder where they are going to going to be moving forward and as far as the Toronto Maple Leafs their season came to an end an abrupt end a little bit faster than people thought especially after their first 
first-round win against the Tampa Bay Lightning. You thought the, they had a clear path to the, to, to the Stanley Cup playoffs a little bit with the Florida Panthers, a very good Florida Panthers team that most people underestimated uh, right across the board. They didn't think they had the goaltender. They didn't have, they think they had the forwards. And, and it turns out they really didn't. They didn't score a bunch of goals. But this one comes down more to, I think, the Leafs lost this series more than the Panthers won this series. You uh, had a team that only in the last six games of the playoffs, or the last six or seven games of the playoffs for the Maple Leafs, they only scored two. They scored two goals or less in each of their last six or seven games, and that doesn't get it done in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, if your goalie only has that that, that fine line of a um, to, to, to play with, you're probably going to lose. Was Wall great in game six or game five? Absolutely. That game is not on the rookie to come in there and play the way he did. I thought he was fantastic. I thought he did everything he could possibly do to give his team a chance to win. People want to point to the uh, disallowed goal, the Riley goal that should have been a goal, that somehow they didn't see it was a goal at the, near the end of the second period. I do not understand how that was not a goal. And then, uh, lo and behold, there is definitive evidence later on uh, in the broadcast, in the intermission, that showed it was clearly in the net. I'm not I'm not being a guy that, that being a Leafs apologist. I'm not saying the Leafs would have won the game. I'm not saying that the the um, they deserve better because you know what? The best way to avoid that situation is avoid the situation. Don't fall down three games to nothing where you're dependent on a referee's call or going to the war room in Toronto to say to save your season. If you don't, uh, if you don't need that situation. Like if, if if that was the other way around and the tie was turned and Florida had that goal disallowed, we wouldn't be talking about it, right? It wouldn't be a big deal. Yes, it's it's a kick in the pills, and yes, it hurts your team's chances to to win that that hockey game because every journey begins a single step. There's me being being motivational here on a Monday morning at 1420 World Headquarters. But in general, if you don't, uh, the way to not need that goal so badly is to not fall, fall down three games to nothing. It's not a situation they were going to probably win that series because winning four in a row is tough. It hasn't been done before in other sports. Yes, it's only been done four other times in National Hockey League history, in recent history, mind you, with the Kings doing it and the Flyers doing it in recent history. And by I say recent, like in the last 10, 12 years. But it, it, for the Leafs to, to have won that series, it would have been tough. I, I, I put this uh, loss. Of, the, of, of this series, I put it solely in the hands of Austin Matthews, and I might get some pushback on this, and I don't care. I thought Matthews uh, was light. I thought he was uh, uninspired. Uh, he didn't score. He wasn't very good. Is something going to come out in the pressers today or tomorrow that he was injured? Maybe. But you know what? Uh, to a man, he just seems to be an un, uninspired hockey player come the playoffs, and he's going to want an extension after next season. They have a, ch a chance to move him before the July 1st uh, trade, or the, the deadline, or free agency, whatever you want to call it and that's the the deadline that the Leafs and, and him have in the contract where they can move him uh, move, moving forward I would shop that guy like no one's business I would shop him around and fi find us somebody better find us someone with a little bit of jump find us someone with a little more speed yeah he was a 60 goal guy la uh, the season last season but he just seemed uninspired throughout these National Hockey League playoffs and just doesn't seem to be the guy for, for the Leafs moving forward they need a guy that was with a little bit more emotion a little bit of jump of the two superstars who would you rather have uh, Austin Matthews or Connor McDonald David. Uh, Connor McDavid, he plays with emotion. He plays with heart. Yes, they're two different people, and I can't expect every hockey player in the world to have the same kind of jump and same kind of focus and same kind of emotion because that's not how human beings are, but I wish uh, that uh, Matthews would show a little bit of heart and show a little bit of emotion moving forward. I put this loss solely on him. He looked, he just looked like he doesn't care. He did not do anything. The 2018 signing of Tavares turned out to be a complete bust. He's not the kind of guy that you would give uh, 11 million bucks to now. So why? Because And the thing is about that signing signing 
is that Tavares was only interested in really going to one of two places, where he was and where he ended up. Nobody else was, trying, was out there shopping for him, to my knowledge. So they, the Leafs overpaid for him, and they're, they're paying the price for it right now. The best player that the Leafs had in that in that uh, game, game five was uh, – was Morgan Riley, who I thought was fantastic. If that goal was allowed, and I'm not saying they would have won the game or, or lost the game because of that goal, who knows? But the, he was one of their best players, played playing inspired hockey, and he was he was really really good for them. Um, I would I wouldn't shop. You can't shop all four of the guys around because you still need guys on your hockey team who are skilled and competitive. But between Matthews, Marner, Nylander, and Tavares, you got to start making some hard decisions very, very quickly because before you know it, it's July 1 and you're stuck with uh, God knows what. Um, I would shop Matthews because before you know it, he's going to want a $15 million extension. And and that's and there's a reason why he did sign that contract uh, that got him out after five years and he could opt out and move forward and move somewhere else. So you got to think that it was a big, big, Big mistake signing him, not signing him, but but looking for more and wondering what they were going to get out of him. It's it's a it's a tough look for the Leafs organization right now. They didn't do it again, and year in year out they don't do it, uh, and it's getting a bit frustrating. I was a bit disheartened on Friday night. We were at Boston Pizza watching the game, and there are a lot of people cheering for the Leafs. As much as uh, the rest of Canada likes to pretend that they aren't Leafs fans, when the Leafs lost that game, it was uh, pretty deflating for Leafs fans. Even though there was an Oilers game right afterwards, and there are a lot of Oilers fans in, in there watching watching the hockey game, there were people that were like, ah, that's kind of a bummer not, not having the Leafs move move forward. It's a bad look for both teams. It's a bad, uh, it's it's tough to win the Stanley Cup. I get it. But to these uh, two teams were poised to make a run and they just didn't. And moving forward with their GMs, I don't think this is Dubas's fault in Toronto. I don't think this is Shanahan's fault. I think this this fully, this this solely lies on the hands of of, of, me, of Marner and Matthews. And that, that's my opinion. I'm entitled to it. And I, I, I if you guys uh, disagree with me on this one, please let me know at uh, on our Twitter account at underscore 1420 on our Facebook account, or, or if you want to be a little more anonymous and send it out there, send it to uh, 1420 sports at gmail.com. It's disappointing. It, it's crappy. It's, it's, it's unfortunate, but uh, it's just the way the hockey, the national hockey playoffs go. So you just wonder what, how it's going to play out. I expect us to tonight to Seattle to win that hockey game. I expect them to win kind of in a four, four, one, four, two kind of a game. That team's flying. Like I said, they're playing with house money. Everly's playing uh, lights out. It's uh, it's actually, we'll get to him in a half a second. Uh, Everly's been great. That team, that team, that team flies. They got a lot going on. I like that geeky kid on defense. He's a, a great player. They got a lot going on there. With, uh, with with the Seattle Kraken and maybe if uh, Toronto or the, the, the country Canada wants to win a Stanley Cup, I think the easiest route is to get to a, uh, to go and get an expansion team somewhere because you look at the Vegas Golden Knights and what was it, 2017 and now you got the the uh, the Seattle Kraken movement are one step away from getting there too so they're getting a lot closer than Canadian teams have in the, uh, in the, the, the recent memory so maybe get, getting to the Stanley Cup final might be as simple as uh, getting an expansion team and they might get something done. Anyways there's my rant for the day about the National Hockey playoffs and everything else. I was on the field all weekend long so I didn't get a lot of chance to, to do a lot of uh, podcasts over the weekend but thanks for, for tuning in today for those who watch on Facebook Live and Twitter uh, and uh, where else are we? We're on uh, YouTube live every day as well. So make sure you guys are subscribing to our YouTube channel and wherever you get your podcast. Thank you. And thank you for all those who listen to the podcast uh, on a daily basis. We greatly appreciate it. Anyways, on this day, we just talked about this one the other day on this day in 
1990. Peter Klima, the Edmonton Oilers scores at 15-13th of the 16th of the sixth period, not the 16th, the third overtime for those of you who keep tracking uh, in game one of the Stanley Cup final on his only shift in over four periods. Klima shot went from the right wing through the legs of Andy Moog and was assisted by Yari Curry and Craig McTavish. The Oilers would go on to win the Stanley Cup in five games over the Bruins, their first cup since the Wayne Gretzky trade of 1988 and their last one ever since. So on this day, Peter Klima scored the goal he's probably most famous for. He just passed away last week. So rest in peace to uh, Peter Klima. I remember that goal quite well. I'm surprised that I was still allowed to stay awake that late at night. I guess I was I was 16. I could do whatever I want. I might have been at Notre Dame at that point. I was probably actually in bed when that when that goal was scored. Dorm uh, dorm rules back at Notre Dame back in the day. And a uh, happy birthday to another man we just mentioned not too long ago. Happy 33rd birthday to Jordan Eberle. Born this day in 1990 in beautiful Regina, Saskatchewan. Currently with the Seattle Kraken, was drafted by the Edmonton Oilers in the first round of the 2008 draft. After playing for his hometown Regina Pats, Eberle has had stops in Edmonton, Long Island, and like the aforementioned Seattle Kraken, and might be remembered best known for scoring a game-tying goal with six seconds to play versus Russia in the 2009 World Junior Tournament. Fantastic moment, Canadian hockey, and here it is uh, for those who don't know what I'm talking about here on YouTube Live. You're watching that it's one of those moments in, in Canadian hockey where everybody knows exactly where they were when it happened where it happened and who they were with it's one of those uh, great moments Everly, that's one of his uh, greatest moments in hockey history and one that I personally will never forget I was at the Longhorn pub in Vernon BC watching that with my brother and some friends and me and Lenny Strand were jumping up and down hugging each other and me and Lenny Strand weren't that close we were friends but not that close we jumping around hugging each other anyways thank you very much for listening to our show today as, we, as we're here each and every day we try to get out if I'm not uh, doing other things and try try to get on a more regular basis, which it's tough to do with when you take the, the weekend away from the computer, you got to get catch up on things before I can put more to the masses. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like I said, download and listen to some old episodes of the 1420 podcast and make sure you guys spread the word of the show to everybody who you uh, talk to on a daily basis. If you like our show, let us know. If you don't like our show, let us know. Tell us what we need to do to improve it. Cause we like uh, making sure we're, we're uh, pleasing the masses, I guess out there in uh, in the uh, Twitter land and in the uh, podcast podcast land everything else it's a it's a it's a big business out there there's a lot of uh there's a lot of podcasts out there but we thank you for those who listen to us on a daily basis anyways as always have a good day folks me and dave recording later on tonight back at 14 20 in the morning tomorrow morning and as always it doesn't matter where you are it's who you're with here's a note from our friends from SeatGeek. seat geek is the ticketing app for fans like the high five strangers guy game winning interception First down. Just a nice, solid tackle. If you're in arm's length, you will be swapping skin with this extrovert. You see, he knows SeatGeek got him a great deal on tickets, so he can focus on what he does best, smacking palms. SeatGeek handles the tickets to sports, concerts, and more, so fans can fan. You just listened to the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beer with the sports talk and a whole lot more. We are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Let's get into it.